right, here we are. Episode three, Matt, King or King, in the house. Welcome. Is that Thank an official you. nickname? Thanks for having me. Um, it started in high school. Okay. Kinger did, and then um, didn't really stick much college years, but then after college, certainly did. Came you know, back. Is there a good story where it came from? Yeah. That's Zero. the obvious of the last name. Zero. It's just what flowed. That's it? I guess for people, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of anti Yeah, I, know. It, I was really hoping is, there was more a, there. It's, <laughs> and it's not like other nicknames I've had where it, right. we won't probably repeat, but... <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm not, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there yet. Yeah. But, hey, you never know. You never know. That's right. Let me let me start first. Go ahead. Here go for by it. By saying, um, I think you've got a great medium here where you know to get a lot of messaging out, and I think this is pretty spectacular what you guys are doing. Well, thank so you. I did thank see you. thank you a little bit of the first episode, and the studio is great. It's just, just a good setup, so I think you can tell a lot of good stories here. Thanks. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. No, and at some the point, on yourself now. At yeah. some point in time, I think somebody's got to interview you. Uh, you got to think about that. Maybe I'm I'm old news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they're just going to organically learn about you through your little snippets here. Maybe yeah. we'll drop a little yeah things on people. I'm a very organic throughout. kind of person. That's right. I can <laughs> see. So uh, that was my first one. Don't start everything with the word so. There and there but, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Take notes. <clears throat> Growing up in India, you, you just referred to that. Yeah. For the viewers, they may not know that. So I know you and I go back a ways, which we'll yeah. touch on. But tell us about your early life growing up here in Indy. Yeah. Um, so I uh, actually, I don't know if you know this. I grew, I was born like five houses south of you guys on Delaware, like right. 5300 block of Delaware. And grew up in the MK and uh, just had a great fun little childhood that most people in our neighborhood have. Um, uh, went to Cathedral High School. Where'd you go to grade school? You were 84? I, I went to 84. Okay. Yeah. And then so from, you were on the other side of the street from, from us kids. I was. I was. <laughs> 84 is a little different then. That was a, it was a true public school yeah. at that point in time. True. There was no CFI. Uh, wasn't We didn't have... Um, there wasn't the focus on, we'll call it like the half mile priority zone with neighborhood okay. kids. There were kids from all over the district that were there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Was your large- dad principal? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but there was, and the I, mis- I was not joking. There. I know. I, so it was a t- tall, bald gentleman. It was, it right? was Mr. Delport okay. who was, who was principal. He was not tall though. He was, he was bald with a mustache, pretty intimidating okay. looking guy, Yeah, you yeah. know, for an elementary that. school teacher, no warm and fuzzies with Mr. Delport, okay. but similar to my dad, you know, big muscular guy, right. uh, unlike me, bald mustache would be like you if you grew a stash. Nobody wants to see yeah, that. Yeah. I don't, no. we, we might have to, we might have to ax that one. Yeah. yeah. Might nope. scare off some viewers there. Yeah. That's right. So no, this was. I don't need Ron Jeremy references or anything <laughs> like that. <clears throat> there you go, bringing that back in. <laughs> <laughs> thought we talked about that. Uh, no, so grew up in Indianapolis and um, high school in India at Cathedral. Yeah. I, I won't go there. Yeah. Chittard. Okay. Trojans. Go Trojans. See? Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, went to IU where I got to meet you. But you're highlight older of, than I am. Highlight you had to of wait experience. a couple of years for me to come in. <laughs> no, it was just one. Just one. Just well, one. No, you're pert. Better. <laughs> no, you're pert. <laughs> Rao, you got you. So for Daniel's, uh, 
I guess, education here. Yeah, so when I came, or when I went into the Fiji house at IU, I had the pleasure of being educated. Educated, that's a good word for it. It's educational experience. The upperclassmen, to include Mr. King. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you educate him well? I I think I took a liking to Vince, and so um, I wasn't really one of those that really give people a hard time. Okay. I don't think maybe okay. you remember no. it diff- differently. No, I mean if you did, there trust me there's several who stood out much more so than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But it's a close knit group and so yeah. that's why it's and I think it's different from most fraternities. I think it's kind of for those that went to IU and understand that it, mm-hmm. it, it are did the same experience we did. It was it's a unique experience. It's very close knit group. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Whatever they're doing down there works. Yep. <laughs> Something in the water. Well, there is Fiji water. So yeah, so there's that. Yeah. 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 Right. But they have the nice the new palace now. We had yeah. our old house. I mean, great house, but was there for a long time, but it had outlasted its welcome for sure. And then now they have this this new house, yeah. which is amazing. have you been in it? I have, yeah. We yeah. went down for the ribbon cutting. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, can I re enroll? I mean, do I have four <laughs> years of eligibility left? Yeah. Let me come back. Um, it's it's outstanding. They yeah. did a great job of just setting it up and designing yeah. it and yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, jealous. Very I'm th- jealous. Very thoughtful. Yeah. How they live in it now. Kids these days, right? Well, eh. Technology <laughs> and money. So you graduated in ninety four. Yeah. Uh, and then talk about what what did you do after IU? So after IU, I went to B school there in the, the BPO office, business right. placement office. You know, they interview heavily at IU and um um I was an accounting major at IU of all crazy uh, things. I did not know that. And did not did an internship at what was bank one at the time over a summer did not like that at all. Saw what those guys were, uh, were doing and, um, through the BPO interviewed with Hormel foods corporation. And that was a really unique experience because it took me away from Indy and expanded my comfort zone tremendously. Um, it's a company with a model of relocation for, you know, those that do well and, advance throughout. So it's little two year, three year assignments on, you know, similar to other companies like Lily or whatnot. But that took me to seven different cities in 13 years. And so I reload, um, let's see, I was, uh, Kansas city, Columbus, Ohio, Washington, DC, uh, Austin, Minnesota, where our corporate office was, did a stint there and then Memphis, Tennessee, and then lastly in Boston. And, uh, so that, you know, you do a lot of moving around, new jobs, new assignments. That's where I really cut my teeth. And then it's a really, really well run company, um, and had the opportunity to report to the current CEO of, of Hormel is someone I reported to for a couple of years directly and was in my division and, um, got great experience through there. So, and then in 08, um, made the family decision to move back to Indianapolis because at that point in time, all roads led to, um, our, that corporate office there. And, um, so we just got off the reload train there and came back to Indy where most of my friends and family are. And that's a big part of my life. And one of the reasons why 
you know, we moved back. I just didn't really ever envision myself and not being back here at cert- a certain point. But like all or most corporations, you get the, I guess, proverbial golden handcuffs where it's things are good. And the idea of changing and doing something different, that pain of, mm-hmm. of experiencing that may outweigh just staying put. And then it gets to a point where we just thought, well, we need to come back to Indy. Sure. Did you come back to Indy with Hormel, or did you do a wholesale change at that I point? I did not. I did a wholesale change. I yeah. then moved um, and, and started with Boston Scientific, okay. which is a medical device mm-hmm. company, right. and I handled our uh, urology division um, kind of for, for Indiana. A lot of key opinion leader doctors are here in Indy, and uh, did that for, um, geez, I don't know, six, seven years or so, okay. whatever that was. Yeah. And so just only had two uh, jobs, really, for the first 20 years of my career, both uh, pretty well-run companies. And that's, I think, you know, how I learned a lot of the skill sets that I have that kind of make me um, at least effective at what I do today, yeah. and just in life in general. Yeah, which today, selling houses, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So today, you, you switched from there and moved into that. What was that transition like? Just I did. Well, that that's, a, that's part of the cancer story yeah. really is how yeah. that transition there's that's just not a one two sentence Got it. deal so we probably go into that maybe a little bit later on yeah what that looked like because that was not planned okay you know i did not plan to sell houses at all um and it just kind of came about mm-hmm. and i'm you know really glad it did because it's something i really enjoy and get a lot of um uh, see it's it's rewarding yeah and get a lot of positives out of it and so. you're good at it I appreciate you saying that. You're good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you saying that. So that, that's really actually a pretty good segue, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why you're here, which you already well know, May is Skin Cancer and Melanoma Awareness Month. Yeah. Speaking of. Yes. You've got some color. I do. On your forehead. I do. On the top of your head. Now dip do. down a little bit. Do one of these. You've got some sunspots yeah. up there, brother. I know. I know. What 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 number do you use? The thirty, the forty five, or do you just do the hat with no sunscreen that has mesh that can get through it? It depends on what hat I'm wearing. If I'm wearing one of the heroes um, trucker caps, which I typically do, which has you know obviously has the mesh the in the back, mesh, then I will yeah. put I'll put sunscreen on my head. Um, yeah. I would say at minimum it's fifteen, but I think the bottle of skin or sunblock that I have in my bag is thirty. Good. Yeah. They have 45 and 60. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't make me run that shit out of <laughs> your head again. Yeah, we've, we've been through seen, that drill a couple times. Yeah, if our yeah. viewers haven't yeah. seen some of our past episodes on the uh, yeah. cancer protection. All right. Well, I, I could not prevention. let that go when I saw you in the hallway. And I know you were, you were golfing this last week. Or yes. You, a little combo of work pleasure. Yeah. All it was the a, above. Yeah. It was a business trip that yeah. happened to include a couple rounds of golf. Good. Yeah. Good, good. All right, so, didn't mean to derail you. No, that's fine. Need, that needed to be said. Never, never a problem talking about cancer prevention. That's right. So, so May, May is May's, cancer. May's a great time May's to talk about yeah. sunblock because people are going outside now and, and yeah. you know, protect yourself. There yeah. you are. <laughs> Summer's <laughs> around the corner. Got to take right. care of yourself, right? That's yeah. right. So, again, May being Skin Cancer and Melanoma Awareness Month, Matt, please share your cancer story. Or maybe I should say, what's your cancer story? Yeah. Um. Okay, don't talk about it a lot, and don't usually talk about it in depth. So we'll see how it just comes out, right? Yeah. Um, 
So let's see. This was back in 2000 and I think it's 14 or so. So about seven years ago. Um, One morning, woke up, was putting on deodorant. Left axillary gland, which for you medical terminology folks, it's your left underarm um, lymph node gland. Thank you. Was putting I, on the, the, I, I needed that, that clarification. That's right. Yeah. I'm here for you. Appreciate that. And you're doing a good job as a co-host too, Daniel. Thank you, sir. That's Appreciate right. that. Killing it. Um, put on deodorant one morning and there was a lump that was sizable that was not there the day before. And so um, I usually don't get too bent out of shape about stuff. And I don't really think I really was at that time. Uh, but it was enough to where I thought, and we thought at the time, I have to show it to a couple people. I said, you know, go to your GP, get it checked out. And we did that, got it biopsied mm-hmm. and, uh, came back as melanoma. And so right then and there, that's really concerning because melanoma is a very aggressive form of cancer. And so um, minimum stage three, I believe, at that time, because it's spread to at least one other place or maybe that's stage two. But um, went from there to IU to get scans immediately. And, I mean, it wasn't even you know, five days where that kind of took place in time where five days prior. I'm just so five looking. days from when you noticed Five days the from when I noticed the lump to, to the point scans. in time where I'm getting scans and scan results. Oh, and good. it goes from zero to a million miles an hour because right. I came back, my scans came back that I had stage four melanoma. It had metastasized. It had all over my organs. It was my stomach, liver, spleen, spot on my lung, adrenal glands. Um, it had metastasized to my shoulder, a bone uh-huh. met, which actually that presented itself a couple months before the underarm thing, but we did not know what it was. It was, I went to go see our good friend, Pat Kersey mm-hmm. on that. And we took whatever imaging they have because I thought it was just like a frozen shoulder type thing, but it was really sore and I mm-hmm. didn't have a full range of motion on it. And as time went on, I mean, I had it in a sling. It was, it was uh, painful, but yeah. we could, we didn't know what All it, those tomahawk dunks used to do <laughs> start finally coming back to launch you. That's right. Um, anyway, but I, you know, we, we could, we, we would have never known even to have it imaging that it was a, it was a metastasized cause they're not looking for that at, sports med and so we just didn't know but uh we did catch it um at that point in time it was august very early august in in 14 so almost coming up on seven years and so that's a major breathtaking holy shit moment where when we're getting the results of the scans i'm sitting at iu simon with uh dr ted logan my uh, one of my oncologists, my main one right now, um, and he is sitting there with my mom, dad, uh, with Robin, and you know, telling me I've got six to ten months to live, and then giving statistics on at that time what the um, landscape of melanoma treatment looked like, which was essentially it's 
uh, it was a 90, or we'll flip it the other way. I think a six to eight chance of survival beyond, um, he may have said three years, may have said five years. Six but to eight percent Six chance. to eight percent chance wow. of survival beyond three to five years. But in my case, because it had gone to so many right. um, internal organs, he said six months and then, you know, 10 months, um, I think if you're fortunate or whatever that was, but we have treatment options and we can see what sticks. Um, and the takeaway is the chemo is not going to do it. You know, chemo won't do, won't take care of it. It'll, it'll prolong things by a matter of months, but you've got to respond. Um, your body has to respond to some sort of immunotherapy treatment and I think at that time and forgive me if I'm wrong because I'm sure there's some oncology folks that will listen to this I think it was interferon if you guys have heard of that but mm-hmm. it's a, I think it was an inner it was a uh, an immunotherapy type response where the drug triggers your immune system and then the immune, immune system um, then goes after your cancer cells which went previously undetected um, yeah because that's how cancer is kind of sneaky like that and it mutates, but it goes undetected. And then the, the immunotherapy, uh, like I said, invigorates your immune system too. Your immune system goes after it and kills it. But interferon is a nasty drug. And again, excuse me for those listening that probably know exactly what it is, but it's it's really harsh. It's It really beats you up and it's a prolonged period of time i think you're even in the icu when you're taking it because it's so toxic and not everybody i mean you know i said six to eight percent i think number six to eight percent of the people respond to it and that was your only chance at the time um but we knew at that time there were things coming down the pipeline that were going to help and i had melanoma probably I mean, one of the best times. I mean, I still got pretty beat up. So what we did there was um, IU is really good at some specialties for cancer. Sure. Obviously, testicular cancer with Larry Einhorn and a number of different um, specialties where they're very, very good at, where people come in from all over the world just to come to IU. Well, MD Anderson's that way for melanoma. And so, and that's in Houston, Texas. So I went down to Houston um, in the fall, pretty much immediately. It wasn't immediately. It was, it was, this was really weird. It was like five weeks before I went down there. Okay. And it was because I think we were, and it wasn't because I couldn't get in right away because we had some contacts. You know, when you're, when you're facing death, you find a way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we found a way to get in, I think, to, to, to see a doc by the name of Patrick Who who uh, ran the melanoma unit now, and now he runs, I think, everything for immunotherapy for all of MD Anderson. He's just a remarkable, remarkable doctor. And was at NIH with a lot of uh, key opinion leaders there, and they worked with a lot of the pharmaceutical companies to develop what is the new standard of care, gold standard for immunotherapy treatment. Wow. For not only melanoma, but for... Now it's expanded into other specialties as types of cancers as well. So went to MD Anderson and the plan was, um, so we knew there was going to be 
a, an immunotherapy drug coming on the market that the FDA was likely going to approve in January. And I went to MD Anderson in like September, October. Okay. And we could get widespread use of that immunotherapy drug, which at that time had, I want to say, about a 30% chance of to respond. But there was not a lot of data out because yeah. it was so new. You know, there are only certain trials, and then once they realize on the trials that it was really effective, they tried to get it out to market as soon as possible. Now, since it hadn't been FDA approved yet, they had already run trials. It was, was this kind of like a dead space time? Like, could you have gone down there and said, hey, I want to be part of that trial? Or like, I trial couldn't. was closed. It was closed. We're now waiting on final decision. It was in closed. The meantime, there's nothing we can do. That's exactly right. So that's why you go to places that that are in the know of exactly what's going on. And it's not like I you didn't know. It was yeah. that MD Anderson knew a ton more about what was happening sure. and what the best, you know, analyzing my body, what was going on based on what I could respond to at the time, knowing that I couldn't take what the drug's called Keytruda now or Pembro for short. Right. And then uh, that's, that's a Merck drug. And Jesus, uh, I don't think about it a lot, but there's another drug that was, that's, that's, that was really similar. So, so in that time period, were you on interferon then or had no, you not taken any? No. So you're kind of sitting waiting yeah. for this kind of, well, I'll tell you, okay. that's what I was going to hit. Yeah. Um, is so we did a bunch of cocktails of chemo drugs. Not the kind of cocktails. Because <laughs> no, yeah. I've been down with that. Um, no, we did a we did a a mix of I took five different cocktails uh, or so, sorry five different types of drugs throughout the course of a five day period. So I went to Houston four or five times for treatment that beat the shit out of me, big time. Yeah, and but the the goal was to do the chemo to knock back the tumors from growing right. anymore or at least even try to shrink them. Yeah. When you so, went down there each time, how long were you there for? I was there for a four and five day period. Okay. Went down there for a couple surgeries um, to remove some tumors. And, you know, you could have done it up here, but we just did it there because they, they're specialists in it. And not that, yeah. again, I don't want to take anything away from IU, of course, because we are too, but we just did it. It was just more of an encompassing approach down there. And that facility is freaking amazing yeah. concierge service. It's like here you, and I th would love to see how you get to this point where you come in and for the first time and you don't leave, meaning we're going to get your scans over here and it might be at 11 o'clock at night. And then from there tomorrow morning, you've got an appointment here with your oncologist. And then, you know, you've got your surgery 12 hours later or whatever that is. And obviously those are, those. It, that would be great to have here, but here it's just, it's different. It's not the mm -hmm. same place like a Sloan Kettering or a, sure. or an MD Anderson. So, but anyway, took the, that cocktail of, of drugs for five days and then would fly home here to Indy and, um, and then go back. I think it was maybe like two, three weeks later after your body had a chance to recharge as best as possible and um, heal, so to speak, let the chemo stuff do its work. Because the whole goal, again, was to knock the tumor burden back so that once 
Keytruda or whatever immunotherapy drug was going to work that was FDA approved in January of 2015, I could start taking that and it would have, it wouldn't have had the same burden to overcome because it was knocked back. And so in January of 15, I started taking Keytruda every three weeks. It was a pretty simple, um, infusion didn't really feel some, some people reported feeling tough afterwards, similar, like we were just talking about the, about the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. I tolerated it overall pretty well for the first couple of years. I mean, I was on it for, um, uh, I was on it for geez, two and a half, almost three years Wow. After the first, and they don't do that. I, th- I think now it's it's much less, less because time. there's some side effects, yeah, which I'm sure I'm get to. I'm, yeah. I'm now getting to enjoy, um, which I will gladly take for the trade off yeah. of what we've got. Um, but it was then about four to five months later, after a couple successive scans, where we realized, like, holy shit, this is working. You know, this is really this is working. What, what was that feeling like the first time you saw that? that, that proof that it was working, it was having an effect and that you were, you know? Yeah, it was really, it was, it was amazing because there were some dark times going through that. There were some really, 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 really dark times. And that's one of the things I think that, um, I love about heroes on some of the things that you guys do with, if it was, was it first Mondays or, mm-hmm. okay. And then the, 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 cause I really pay attention to the mental side of things. And it's like the obvious, like, well, no shit, dude, everybody talk, thinks about mental things. But for me approaching the cancer, approaching my treatment and approaching my mental state and knowing that I have three boys at that time that were fifth grade, seventh grade and eighth grade. Okay. And, um, you know, I like to think looked up to me and, you know, followed, um, what my vibe was mm-hmm. and how my energy levels was because right. Kids just follow what the vibe is and, yeah. and, and how you are and how you respond to things. And so I really paid a, a lot of attention to, um, how I was going to react and respond and, and, get myself through this situation knowing that there's probably a good chance that I was going to die. And so then it becomes, all right, how do you, 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 you now have your legacy in front of you that is, that is being fast forwarded to where, how people may remember you is how you went through these, you know, months or six months or however that was until, Hey, hey, if it's a positive outcome, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it's even better. And that's what this has become. But, and then if it wasn't going to be a positive outcome, at least you did it in a manner which people could be proud of. And specifically you're talking about your kids. Um, and I knew that I had a, I had a huge fan base support through our, you know, long time Northside Indy, uh, or just Indy in general connections that we have. And, um, you know, Vincent, I have a great network of friends and, mm-hmm. um, and so had a lot of support to get through it. But to answer the question, you know, when you see that, that it's working and that it's positive, um, 
it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, I, you assume you got some, a new type of energy in you when that, when that happened. Is yeah, it, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm, I'm sure. And then, you know, you then start hoping, well, so there's data at that time that says, and not to, you know, rain on that yeah. thought, yeah. but there's always data that says, well, you know, some, some of these things have a short term effect mm-hmm. where you get bounced backwards or, or you, you take a couple steps forward, but then after time, maybe your body doesn't respond. And we know that, you know, melanoma is a very aggressive type of cancer and yeah. it can, it can mutate, it can come back and let's just make sure that it's still happening. And as, as we found out, it did come back later. So there's, there's kind of the ups and downs of it. Um, so that was fall or I'm sorry, spring of, of 15. Um, and I was pretty much deemed, I think cancer free or very close to, to it we just didn't know we just didn't know if what was active yeah, see, at what, what, what point in the two and a half years that you were on Keytruda did they make that call yeah um I've got a pretty conservative oncologist and uh Dr. Logan there it was very even keeled and doesn't get you hyped up like maybe the, some of the people at MD Anderson did um and so it was very cautious approach of like hey things are looking good here and you know, I would always want to know, okay, well, how good, what does this mean? What does this mean? And so it's always, he always had the asterisk of, we just don't know because we just didn't have any long-term data, excuse me, related to any of it. But what I did know is that I felt good. I felt pretty good. Um, so much to where I think I, that summer I trained for the monumental, uh, half marathon, and got all the way to the last week before I got an injury, which is kind of a bummer. Oh, but, man. you know, I, I yeah. made it to at least some of my long runs were, I think at that time, 10, 11 miles or so, which is, which was good. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it was, it was, it was after about six months of Keytruda where it was like, I think most everything looks good and is gone here. So then we start, this ties into, Daniel, the aspect of, which to me was a pretty tough, I'll say a very, very tough year for me from that point on. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I think about a lot. And, you know, you meet because you want to be gracious with the result that you're given on the fact that can't, you know, things are progressing very, very well when many people did not have an opportunity to experience that. But for me, a very important piece of getting back to normal was getting back to work. And, um, it was hard for me to get back to work. And the main reason was, is I would interview for jobs. I went back to Boston scientific, my previous company to interview for previous jobs, uh, went to a couple other, med device companies as well. Cause that was the space I came in. I knew it well yeah. and, yeah. and very marketable skill set there. And I was not getting jobs and it was a, it was a you know buyer's market at that time for, you know, for getting positions. Mm-hmm. And I would talk about my cancer in the interview. I did. I, that's who I am is yeah. what I was at the time. And I, yep, sure. I even had that as a 
success story of this is what happened. This is what I did. This is, you know, the, the classic interview format mm-hmm. you know, of, of this is what happened. This is what I did. This was the result. This is what I learned from it. And this is how I can, this is an asset to going yeah. forward. Talk yep. about resiliency, talking about mental fortitude and everything related to what that experience does, which I think I already had a bit of some of those skill sets going into cancer, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, but I wasn't getting job offers. And that to me was unbelievably disheartening, frustrating. And in many ways, I was, my dark periods or dark days were during that period more so than the cancer days. Right. And the reason being, I think, is if I could put my finger on it, because part of me feels guilty for even saying that. Like, how dare you say that when there are people that don't get through that? And I think, and I'm just being honest about it, and it's because... Well, you feel like you're wearing a scarlet letter. I I think really the piece is, is that 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 is one, one piece of it, because it was just so new. But I really think the piece was, is I had such an easier time during the cancer period, is because I couldn't control the science. I couldn't control what my body did, right. whether it reacted to it or not, at what level. Of course, at some level, okay, well, get your rest, eat right, those types of things. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Kind of did that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and so you're resigned to the fact of like, I'm, I can accept whatever happens there. So I'm not going to beat myself up about anything because I can't control it. What I can control is how I act, how I respond, relationships with people, all that. But then now I enter into this phase where you're struggling to get back to what your sense of normal is. And I would assume a lot of cancer patients or people that have had some sort of traumatic life altering situation have that that piece to them of how you, do you get back to what is your normal life to where you can feel good about going forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm a provider. I mean, I, I yeah. have boys and, and kids and uh, bills and things like that. And um, was fortunate that I had saved money during my life to where, you know, I could burn through basically at that time was, was a couple years without working. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that probably leads us up to what I did next, uh, for career wise, but, um, I'm going to take a little break. Here. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> not a problem. Absolutely. So I remember those days seeing you and talking with some of our other, uh, mutual friends about what you were going through and how you were responding and adapting. And you touched on the attitude piece. We've, you know, you talk to a lot of different people who have had gone through the cancer experience, um, or even their caregivers and, and how important attitude is. And I don't know, it, it sounds cheesy, I guess, but it, attitude going through it is absolutely monumental. And in frankly, even after the fact, yeah. know, we, we talked to a lot of people about just, you know, having the right positive attitude and, and how difficult that can certainly be at times. And, and, and there's no question, you're certainly allowed to have those dark days because we all have them. Um, but trying to have that 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 more positive attitude when going through it's it plays a big role yeah for sure i could not agree more on it and i think mostly like the you're when you're going through that treatment and you're going through that period your life is it's okay let's just take the cancer piece out of the equation and the treatment piece out of the equation it's like what's your brain doing what's your mind doing you're used to working you're used to uh a, a, a job or 
social things or things that stimulate your brain and your mind. And it's, it was like six months of sitting on the couch at home and watching the wire and breaking bad and things. And, you know, and literally while, you know, somewhat empty home while other, you know, the family and people are doing out living their lives and you've got time on your hands to, to sit and think about things and you try to get through it as best you can without the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, your, your mind being stimulated to get you through that. What we take for granted sometimes right now. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that lead, that led me to what my career is now. And that was, uh, after I realized that, and this is a really, this is a kind of a cool moment, I think only because it's worked out well, right? You can look at everything in the rearview mirror and say it worked out well, is I just realized that I was not at that point in time when I wasn't getting jobs and work and I was really disgruntled with with just the way corporations work, corporate America in general, working for, we'll just say working for other people. Right. I looked at it and said, I, I'm not, I'm now in a transition in my life where I realize that I cannot rely on somebody else or some other person or some other you know, VP in a corporation I'm going to report to, to where I'm going to make my living and make my money. And that did, did, did well before. Um, so I'm not going to subject myself. I need to basically need to go out and make my own hay is what it came down to. I got to start my own thing. That's pretty scary. You know, when you spend your life getting a W2 and, and, um, some weeks earn your wages, some weeks don't you know, just by the way your ebbs and flows go with having an employer and whatnot. So, yep. um, kind of came to grips with, well, we're going to go do something or we're going to start something. And so what would that be? And had, you know, meetings and lunch networking and things set up with people about, you know, what do you do? How'd you get started? Why did you do it? What's the reward? Um, what would you recommend I do? Those types of things, you know, just the green ass questions. That yeah. I would love to that. hear some of the answers on what do you think I would be good at? What do you think I should do? Yeah. I can imagine some of the answers uh, <laughs> and they probably, pro- they probably start span look, the they, entire spectrum. Probably start looking at me and start laughing and say like, dude, you, you got a tough road ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, good thing you survived that cancer thing. Cause you're going to need to apply that skill set to what you're doing right, right now, the way I know you. Um, and so, you know, long story short with that, I just met with a lot of people and it came down to real estate, but it wasn't selling houses. It was originally going to be, um, uh, whether it was commercial mm-hmm. investing, um, developing rentals, whatever, just, and then a new realtor was a piece of it. And so the first step you do is take your, you, you know, you take your, your real estate school to get your license. And that um, school that I did was the Tucker School of Real Estate and got exposed at least to the residential side from there. And I really liked my instructor there. I did a crash course. It was like 15 straight days Um, and got my license and just kind of liked what I saw at, at FC Tucker and, joined in and the rest is kind of history went really quickly for me. I got off to a really good start there just because that was, and that's, I'll say that's kind of the final piece I'll say, or one of the final pieces I'll say of the cancer story is then what do you do 
coming out of the woods to then, you know, we already talked about how important it was for me to get work back and to have a job and to, you know, continue on a path of success. Um, my start in, in real estate was a, r- a really good one, a really fast one. Mm-hmm. And that, that not a lot of people do. And it's, I think it's mainly driven by a couple things. I mean, number one, I had a pretty good skill set coming into it. Yeah. But then the other piece was, is my, my drive was just unhealthy, frankly. Um, not so, well, not unsustainable. We'll say it was, it was pretty Came nice. out the gate, wanted to get started. Just wanted to be, just wanted yeah. to get off to yeah. just an unreal start and be good because that was still the last or one of the final chapters of the story mm-hmm. that I was, you know, one of the one piece of advice that somebody gave me and you get a lot of good advice when you're going through cancer and that treatment is, I think there are really two pieces. Number one is write your story on how you want it to go. And you could say that about life in general. Like mm-hmm. you are your own author. Write the story on how you want it to go and go do it. Right. So I kind of outlined what I, how I wanted it to go. And, you know, any good story that is worth a shit on a story has uh, has down times and has, has bad parts, right? The, you follow what a good story on a movie or a sitcom is. It's, there's the dissension and there's the, the trouble and the turmoil to where then you can go up. And I certainly had that. Um. And then the other piece, um, golly, man, I made it this far. I only say this because Josh is a really, really good friend of mine, and he lost his wife, Laura. And he gave me just some unreal advice one of them the best one was you know cancer will give you gifts along the way if you watch out for them so I watched out for him quite a bit and he was right yep 100% there are a lot a lot of really 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 positive things that can come out about them and they're all related to personal relationships at least most of them are I think and then also we'll call it just revelations that you find out yourself from you know a lot of self-learning a lot of self-discovery um and if you pay attention and take that feedback of what you're experiencing and implement whatever tools of learning that you have into your life. I mean, I'm a different person coming out of that. And so anyway, that was a two really good piece of it, of advice that, that I got. So coming back to that very end of the, where I am now and what I'm doing, it was just a, it was just, I needed to write the the last portion of the story. Mm -hmm. And that is getting back to work, something you enjoy, hit a home run on that, something that you're good at, yeah. some, something that's rewarding. And um, so that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. That's awesome. And so it's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It's going, it's going fairly well, I would say. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I look back at those first couple of years, though, and it's like it was pretty I, – I don't know how I did that. 
because I don't know, I, I can't, I don't think I can replicate it right now. And I know mm-hmm. I'm way more efficient. Um, I don't waste time on things that are not worthy of wasting time on. And um, I don't know, it's, I, it was, it was a blur really, but glad I'm in the spot that I'm in right now. Well, but I think that's like for anyone's job. I mean, you got to get that experience and you look back where you were three years, five years, however long ago to where you are today. I mean, I think I speak for Daniel and I, you know, from our perspective, I mean, I know we're, we're doing things differently just like anybody else. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, you yeah. learn as you go. And I, I, I remember when you first got into it and I know where you are now. And yeah, I would say that it's very clear that, that uh, you have uh, become much more successful and efficient than, than you were back in the day one. Like sure. Hopefully anybody would be. Yeah. 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 I think, well, you guys will find out too. I mean, this is what I'm number three. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. Think of where you guys could take this really. Yeah. I mean, still learning. I mean, each be. one has been different so far and it's, it's been, it's, it's a lot of fun to see how we can continue to use this to help others understand their story and what they learn from it and kind of hopefully pass that on to others as we, as we continue to do yeah, it. I think that's the, exciting. That's I think really the passing exciting. on to others is the big piece because yeah. I looked at, um, I had a lot of time on my hands at that time and there were podcasts out yeah. at that time. And I looked around for cancer related podcasts and there were a few, but then there was maybe one or two that actually caught my attention. Yeah. Um, but I fizzled out after a couple episodes because it wasn't enough to keep you there. So I think that's really the biggest piece is can you guys be interesting, engaging, tell stories mm-hmm. that build and to build an audience from it. And I think, you know, I don't think anyone's used the word interesting and engaging when describing me <laughs> or, well, I'm not gonna speak for you. You can speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably not as not, not too often. Yeah. yeah. But we're, we're leaning we're, on we're our chest yeah. to bring, to bring leaning on others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, I mean, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, um, thank you. Certainly, we both know Josh and and know uh, the story of Laura, and um, unfortunately, it didn't end as, as as we would all have hoped. And then I don't want to leave out my dear friend Eric Orm as well with Jill passing. That yeah. was just, and hopefully, I was able to help him through that. But Jill's was really sudden. Yeah, she was that, really sudden. She was like forty five days from I'm not feeling well. And wow. going into the hospital to death, yeah. it was it was lightning fast. Yeah, and that maybe one of the, the quickest ones that I've ever personally known of. Yeah, and and um, so I don't want to not mention her. Those two are on my screensaver icon. Yeah. I think about them very often, for sure. Wow. So, are you still on any sort of maintenance therapy at this point? Great question. Um, I am not. And the reason being is a couple of years ago, I started developing some um, side effects and still have um, them. They're manageable, manageable. That first year that I was in work, back to, you know, back to working full time at Tucker, um, I had something stupid, like 43 doctor's appointments wow. in the year. I had, I had 18 immunotherapy treatments. I had 15 radiation 
treatment and I had something like whatever that the balance of that number is in doctor's appointments. And it was into that second year um, of work, which would have been two years ago, I think. I don't know, maybe three years ago. I these number, I, whatever, two, three years ago, where I started to develop some things where I was like, okay, this isn't right. And so we made the decision to get off of Keytruda because at that time the thinking was even though scans were looking good there for likely, I don't know, it was probably 18 months there where everything was clear. Oh, shit, I forgot to tell you one thing. First year, I'm sorry, first week I start where I'm at Tucker where I'm doing like their new employee. Yeah, their engagement, whatever. Engagement, like, welcome, here's where the toilet are, here's where the (laughs) water coolers. Um, I got scan results while I'm freaking sitting, because you know how to read scans after a while. Mm -hmm. I got scan results that I go onto the IU portal. I have a freaking tumor in my small bowel that's like seven centimeters. And I'm like, (laughs) so I leave there in the middle of this class. Right. I'm going to be right back. Um, And I just drive. (laughs) They looked out the window. They saw you leave back. Yep. He's he's gone. I just drive. I just drove straight down to Simon and after I'm people know me now, you know, it's hard to mess. Right. And I, like one of the things is years I'm really, yeah, really, yeah. I'm, I'm very trying to be very nice to people. It's very thankful for all the staff did. So I, I could, I didn't even go into the front desk, man. I just walked in the back. I'd take the back stairwell. I'd know that place inside and out, walked into the back, walk, walked back right into Dr. Logan's office. And I'm like, what do we do here? What do we got? And so we did surgery for, we just took it out and then we, it was localized, okay. but it's still freaking yeah. stage four. Yeah. Right. It's still stage four. So you can say I still am stage four. So that was the other hiccup, um, where it hit the reset button mentally. When was that roughly? I'm sorry. When was that roughly? That was, um, that was Thanksgiving week of, 16. Okay. So here's the cool part about that. This Thanksgiving will be five years. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. So we'll see if we, if that sticks, I don't know why it wouldn't, but been five years, but I was essentially a year and a half, 18 months, almost basically is about 18 months cancer free. And then right before I start what I think is going to be my, you know, new line of work I get that this setback of like well actually yeah you're gonna come in and we're gonna do so that's why that first year I had I had radiation I had other treatments I had all these doctors appointments following up from the small bowel tumor mm-hmm. wow. that they removed yeah. and so that was even more reason why I wanted to get out of the gate very very strong mm-hmm. because now I'm like I got I've got things going against me to that I'm where I'm trying to freaking write this story. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get some Roadball. shit done over here. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's why it was really big for it too. But from the treatment standpoint, I stopped a couple of years ago. Um, and so I haven't been on anything at that time. Would you have normally continued on with it? Is it, is it a well, that's, that thing? was the piece is right now. I don't think they're having people do that okay, because okay. there are now some, you get, again, the 
catchphrase I heard all the time is like, well, we just don't have any data on it. We don't have any three-year data. We don't have any five-year data because it was rolled out so quickly. And I was, I was in, you, among the first people online. I was, the, I was, now, I was right? the early, ad- yeah. I, I am the dad. I was yeah. the early adopter. You are adopter. a trend setter. Yeah, there you yes. go. Good. God forbid. Um, <laughs> so now I think they have people take, I don't know if it's five, eight, 10 treatments or if it then until side effects occur. Um, but for me, it was something like 50, okay. 50, right around the 50 treatment mark. And then we started to realize, okay, um, it does and can beat you up a little bit. Right. And everyone varies. Some people have to, you know, exit after like the third treatment yeah. and some people the 10th and some people the 40th, everybody's different. Okay. With it. Yeah. So wow. nothing anymore. Now I just go get scans every three months. When was your last scan? Mm, maybe about three months ago. Okay. I think I'm due pretty soon. I think it's in the next week or two. Okay. I just, just go on my portal. Three months ago. All good. All good. Awesome. All good. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's right. Yeah. My drop on that. That's yeah. right. Right. There you go. What else are we missing? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think at some point in time we need to tell your story. Yeah, we'll get to that later. We're not going to do it now. Not that but I want yeah. you to. I, I think. I think that'll be big. Yeah, I think he's. I think I he's throwing his hat in for the for the hosts for co-hosting on that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah just do, we'll a do that. Yeah. 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 A little nice little roll. Yeah. That's reversal. Fine. Yeah. There we go. I think that would work. That's right. That'd be fine. I think. One thing that's you, you and I, I think, share a similar mindset. If we don't, you can kick me under the table or kick me, <laughs> punch me above the table. Um, and we, we tell us, I tell us to multiple people, and I think you probably share the same thing. So Matt, along with Daniel, are on the Heroes Foundation board. And aside from just the obvious, which is thank you for supporting us in that way. But for you and I, it would be really easy to, for you just to focus on, you know, melanoma, as a, as, a, as a cancer that you want to support and push and mm-hmm. et cetera and, and, and fight. Um, it'd be really easy for me to, to do the same with, uh, with hot, which are lymphomas or, or blood cancers. But I think we share the same, same mindset is we hate all cancers, mm-hmm. like not just the ones we had mm-hmm. all of them. Right. And yeah. we want to basically junk punch every single one of them to the extent yeah. that we can. And so that's, that's why, um, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, my story on that is I started out on the board of the melanoma foundation, sure, yeah. outrun the sun, which is a great yeah. organization that does a lot for melanoma prevention. It's one mm-hmm. of the, the few melanoma only, um, foundations. And that was why I wanted to transition to heroes. And I was still doing stuff with heroes at the sure. same time, but you didn't want me dating anybody else at the time. <laughs> um, so I just I just transitioned over here, which I'm glad I didn't. I'm also glad I spent a couple of years without Run the Sun. Yeah, absolutely. Doing that as well. Yeah, yep. Good group. Um, appreciate what they're doing and your assistance helping them, and and certainly happy to have you on board here as well. Yeah, I would be be remiss if I didn't mention because you know this is going to drop in May. It's indie. Yeah, May and indie is everything. Yep. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, our, our good friends. I wish uh, people could see the pants you're wearing right now. Well, come on now. How's this? There, you, there uh, we go. <laughs> um, our good friends Doug Bulls and Roger Penske are working their butts off as they have over the last, you know, shit, 18 months, 24 months. 
um, trying to pull off Indy 500 on, on a normal schedule or as normal as can be this year. What are your big plans? What's the Kinger do for the Indy 500? Great. Um, I don't think a whole lot beyond like a week or two. And it's okay. really strange. I really don't. I plan my vacations usually pretty. So I, the answer is I don't know. Okay. I would so love no to. I would. I would love to go to the no race. Snake pit. I, like that. I would love to go to the race. It's on Do you my, normally go to the race? It's. I. Um. I go about every four years. Okay. And we went. Um. A couple of years ago, probably a year before quarantine. It, it was a year before quarantine, and I went with. Uh, my boys and mm. we loved it. They loved it. Yeah, I don't think they'd one one had been. They'd all been to the brickyard, but they hadn't been to the five hundred. Yeah, and we, I just didn't to. grow up being a five hundred person the that's way I know the way you guys are and the way yeah. some families are, where it's religious year in and year out. <laughs> yeah. But I would love to go. Um, so well, I think you probably picked a good time. Don't ask me why. The Todd yeah. family, we get it now that we have kids of our own. So my parents always said, well, there's this rule. You have to be nine before you can go to the race. And we're like, <laughs> okay, right. we don't get it. Well, once you have kids, can you imagine taking like a three or four-year-old oh, okay. and oh. they have a meltdown two hours in? It's like, dude, we're here all, all day. day. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not leaving. Right. So I get it now. Uh, fortunately, at least two of my three kids are in 100%. The other one could, could go could either care. way. But since yeah. everyone else is going, then she's in too. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm well, excited. Your, your tailgate that I stopped by is pretty nice. I mean, that's a Try. comfy deal there. Meaning, if they don't really feel like being, are you guys in shaded spots? Uh, there's so I don't know that there's any shade anymore because there's a, there's a new surface lot just by the main entrance that yeah. we'll be at. Um, I'm I, talking I, about your seats. Oh, the your, seats. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Once uh, about after twelve thirty. Yeah. So not that's too huge. long after yeah, this, the race a, starts. Or, that to or me is everything. Like I, I couldn't, and it's not just because of melanoma. It's because sure. just being hot. in the bright sun. It's freaking hot. Yeah. yeah. Turns Makes for a long and, Yeah. And if you don't you get a breeze. lube up with SPF, whatever you can get yeah. multiple times. So that's a prereq for me. It's got to be a shade. Or at least like you talk about it, when you're on that west side. I think the west part of it is Correct. the sun goes over mm-hmm. a certain spot. Yep. And it's like 1130, 1145 when it finally gets set. Correct. And then you're, you're golden. Good. Yeah. yeah. Does the race still start at eleven, or is it now like one? I should know this. I think I think it's about. I think it's closer to one. Change it. I believe, yeah. Got one hundred five or one hundred seven or something to that effect. Yeah. But yeah, what I was saying is for your the girls, if you know they get hot or bored, just go down to the tailgate area, get in the air conditioned yeah. car, and do whatever. At least yeah. I remember it being a good spot when I was walking by. But maybe yeah. I was feeling no pain too. Well, that's part of Hoosier <laughs> hospitality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, Kinger, thanks for coming on and yeah, thank you. sharing your story. We, we yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate and, uh, you, my man. Thank you. You too. Yeah. You guys fun. going to do some good things. That's what we're here for. That's the goal. Good. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks. All right. You got it. <laughs>